Welcome to Harvest Time. What a privilege it is to have you join us for a few minutes as we have a special guest speaker that I want to introduce. But before I do, I want to remind you this weekend what a great opportunity to continue uh, your New Year's resolutions. For some of you, it's like, I'm going to get to church. Well, this Sunday is another opportunity to do so. Last week, the first day of this new year of 2017, we had an awesome time together and Dr. Sam Horn that gave us a great challenge. But this coming Sunday actually is a combined 9.30 and 10.30 lesson, and we want you to be here. You say, well, Pastor, I thought church is at 10.30, and that's when the worship starts, and that's when it all begins. Well, actually, 9.30 is our adult Bible fellowships and Sunday schools, starting at the nursery level, the children, the teens, multiple classes, but all of this is combined. The children are all be taken care of, the the nursery's all taken care of, the teens are, but all the adults together in the auditorium at 9.30, and then that lesson that we're going to be looking at is what is part of your personal DNA? What are your values, your commitments, your spiritual interests? And I would like to suggest to you that there are seven that are critical to help you in your life and anchor you to a new year in 2017. That's Sunday school, 9.30. 10.30, we'll continue that same theme and challenge each and every one of us as we have an awesome uh, uh, time of singing, our choir, orchestra, all of it, wonderful God-honoring music that's word-based, and then a continuation of that same theme, the longest lasting and standing company ever in the entire world 1,400 years, what did it make that company successful? We're going to talk about God's view of an organization versus an organism. That's this Sunday. Make sure and be with us. And Sunday night, our family Bible hour at 6 o'clock. It's always a time where as a family, we're able to uh, have a whole nother atmosphere in a service time. It's not a Sunday morning. It's not an adult Bible fellowship. It's a time to sing, our families to be together. It's just a little over an hour, so maybe that family Bible hour stretched just a few minutes, but we want you to be with us this Sunday. So make a day of it. The first day of the week, the early church met together, and we've taken that same pattern here at Harvest Baptist Church. I want to welcome into the studio Dr. Sam Horn. He's no stranger to the ministry here at Harvest Baptist Church and Harvest Ministries. Actually, I think it was back in 1997-98 that Dr. Horn started coming out here and filling the pulpit and variety of uh, opportunities between Spirit Week, between opportunities for the church, and uh, that's when we intersected here at Harvest Baptist Church and filling in for Dr. Horn. And, uh, and since that year of 2000, I think he's been out here almost every year or minimally every other year, lots of times in a variety of venues uh, from the HCA to the Bible College to uh, the church and to staff needs. And so welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Horn. Thank you, Pastor Heron, and it's always a blessing to be here. I look forward every time I, I get the opportunity to come out here, and uh, I was not able to come last year because of some obligations that were going on in the ministry that uh, that I'll talk about here in a little bit, but um, I missed it. And so uh, it's been it's been wonderful to be back, yeah. and the spirit here is always great. It's always exciting to see what God is doing uh, as, as the gospel is flourishing here on the yeah. island, and just got to spend uh, four days with the uh, Bible Institute 
student Bible college students, mm-hmm. and uh, what a, what an incredible, encouraging uplifting time that was well we're glad you're out here actually uh when you come on these trips um it's a dual purpose one is you have a group of people that have invested in you to allow you to do these kind of trips you also were in africa with a missionary that we support uh, dr phil hunt uh, with uh, central africa baptist bible college similar outreach there as it is here um your ministry life of 30 years in one way or another has been involved with Christian education, not always primarily per se. You've pastored, um, and and I think it would be good to make comment because I want to ramp up to where I'm going with this, Sam, and then I've got a big softball question for you, but I want to get a little bit deeper into the field with that one. But uh, you you were involved after graduation. You've, you've worked at your education. You, you not only have your master's, uh, but... Uh, on top of that, uh, two different earned doctorates, and has allowed you uh, as keys, so it would be, to open up other doors related to education, primarily in the Christian college movement and university. Uh, you were uh, together with us at uh, a place called Northland University back in the day, and then uh, along with that, you were pastoring at a church in Milwaukee, parallel to that for eight more years. Then you went into taking the presidency of a seminary in in Minnesota for two or three years, and then God led you two years ago down to a place called Bob Jones University. Someone knows as Jones University, but uh, that school's been around for 90 years. 90 years down in Greenville, South Carolina. A number of our staff that have gotten their education from there. That's not the only place our, our staff have gotten their education from, but a lot of folks, and my wife and I finished our last couple of years there as well, but um, God's brought you there as the executive vice president. You answer to the president there at Bob Jones University. And you've been able to take all these years, bring it together, and now overseeing uh, the School of Religious Affairs and in any other outreach or statement about anything religious in nature comes out of Bob Jones, goes through your desk. And then on top of that, you now are overseeing the enrollment um, of Bob Jones University. That's where I want to get to. Oh, okay. Um, I, I have always kind of looked at my life, uh, and, and I have three sort of pyramid-shaped ideas that, that have sort of been governing principles for my life. One of them is the preaching and teaching of God's Word to God's people. And, uh, and you've spent your life doing that, and there's nothing more rewarding to seeing God's Word uh, make an impact in people's lives. And then the second piece for me is the one I think that you're most interested in talking about, and that is the the teaching of God's Word and in, in preparing another generation of Christian young people to serve the Lord and to advance the gospel in local churches around the world. And that has typically happened in academic soil, and that's mm-hmm. been my life at, at Northland and my life at Bob Jones and my life at Central and now coming back full circle to Bob Jones to, to be a part of that. And then the third piece is the piece that brings me out every year, and that's the um, formation and the training of a heart for ministry and a preparation for public ministry uh, for men and women on, on foreign fields, on, on, on national soil, and, and hence my, my opportunities in, right. in Africa and, and here out on the island of Guam and, and ministering to the Pacific. Um, students today, let's, let's narrow to f- students that are graduating from high schools. Okay looking to go to college, and you've been in education now for three decades. What is the difference now in, in that 
profile of an 18 or 19 year old student going to college, uh, how how do they look compared to say two or three cycles of of graduates from college here over the last 10 years, 12 years, in their thinking, in their reasoning, in their maybe uh, social cultural view? Um, give me a profile of that particular student. I'm not trying to to uh, profile them in a bad sense. Just y- you see it. You know it. You're the expert. You're involved in this field. What do they look like? I, I would say the world that students are coming from and going to is very different than it was even a decade ago. <clears throat> and one of the big differences uh, is is the fruition of, of a couple of things. One is the fruition of a kind of thinking that came really across uh, across the radar for all of us about 30 years ago when we started talking about postmodernism. I can remember talking about postmodernism and reading about postmodernism and, and the idea of pluralism and, and relativism. And, and those were sort of concepts that you're like, we're way out there. And, you know, what was that? And now today, that world is here. That world is at every corner. It, it, it anchors every newscast that you, you hear. It underlies every television program that you see. The, the whole way of approaching truth and approaching knowledge and, and the way those two interact in your own personal life has become thoroughly postmodern. So young people today are coming up out of a framework of postmodernism, and they're going into a world that is becoming increasingly more pluralistic and relativistic in its, in its, in its thinking. So that's one big difference. A second big difference between the generation of two or three cycles ago and now is all of that has become very, very accessible because of technology. When you and I were, were sort of coming up through college, uh, I hate to even date ourselves, but, but cell phones were, were sort of a luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so even, even two cycles ago, you know, people use cell phones primarily as a phone. Well, our students, and I'm sure that this would be true, you know, the students that are, are here at universities on Guam and in high schools like the one you have, students aren't using those primarily as phones anymore. We call them a cell phone, but, but that's the last activity that happens on that phone. It's typically a portal uh, to the world. It's how they communicate. It's how they, it's how they think. It's how they, it, it's how they do life. And so that's shaped the way they do relationships, that shape the way they think and they, and they see and they access knowledge. And it certainly has had a foundational epic impact on the way we do education, mm-hmm. particularly at the university and college level. So that's a second sort of big difference. And then a third difference that we're seeing at the college level for the generation that, that is coming up now. And so we would say that they're probably between 16 and 22. That generation was profoundly impacted by something that happened in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008. And all of us remember those years when the economy imploded. And it happened you know, at a stage in life for most of these students that are now coming to college when they were nine or 10 at those very formal, you know, forming, forming and shaping years of life. And they came home and all of a sudden, you know, dad's home early and, and he's out of a job and everything changes for them. Everything that was stable, everything that was foundational now moved. Their friends are different. They have to move. Uh, money becomes a very big topic in their home. 
they can't do the things they used to do. And all of a sudden, there is this fear that starts to come in to the generation that's coming up. So just to give you an example, we were talking earlier, I used to talk to students that were thinking about going to college, but they wanted to take a gap year. They wanted a, a year off. And you would say, well, why do you want to take a gap year? And, and they wanted to take a gap year because they wanted to go explore the world. They wanted to take a trip. They wanted to go experience something. And now you're hearing students saying, we want to take a gap year, but here's why we want to take that gap year. I, I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And college is so expensive, and I don't want to go waste my, my parents' money until I actually know what I want to do. And so actually what's happening is probably the very worst thing uh, for a 16- or 17-year-old to try to do and try to figure out at that stage in their life what they want to do with the rest of their life. That's a decision you should be making at college. Mm-hmm. But finances and fear have pushed it back much earlier. Mm-hmm. And so the questions that are driving you know, education now are much more skill and tech oriented. What kind of skills can I get? What kind of technology can I master? Because I want to go out and have a job. And and outcomes like that are very, very big to students. And, and the idea of education to educate the whole man uh, is, is sort of secondary now. It's almost like a luxury that we don't have time for or, or we can't afford. And, and, and the unintended consequences of that for, for a society like, like ours is we're going to see eventual brain drain uh, because we, we've moved much more to a, a prep, uh, a tech, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting a skill set versus getting, getting completely educated as an educated person in the liberal arts. And that's been the foundation of our society. Now, let me ask you a second question then, um, because part of your responsibilities are to see um, that, in this case for your college, you would have a freshman class coming in. Why in the world should that profile of a student go off to a Christian college? What's the value to that? Well, what are they going to gain knowing this profile? You know, that's, that's a great question. And I think a lot of parents are asking that question, particularly because of the financial cost of what higher education costs today. And so I'm going off to a a private Christian college, and I'm going to spend anywhere from forty thousand, sometimes to upwards of one hundred and fifty thousand, to get an education at a private four-year Christian college that I could get for a fraction of that if I just sent my kid down to you know, the, the, the technical college, or if I, if I sent him down to the state college down the road, he can stay at home, he can take advantage of uh, state funding. Or do it online. Or do it ed. online, do a distance ed. So that's a very great question. And, and, and my answer to that question comes in one word, it's called worldview. And, and I would ask it this way, I would, I would sit down with a parent, as I've had to do with my own soul, and say, what is the most valuable thing God has entrusted to your care? And the answer to that is my children. And, and I am passionate at this stage in my life because I've got two children. One of them is in that college, you know, frame, and I've got another who's a seventh grader and in the next, you know, four years is going to be looking at the college decision. And my, my desire is really what Paul wrote to the Colossians when he said, so as you have received Christ, walk after him. I want my children, as they grow into adulthood, to walk after Jesus. And I want them to not just 
intellectually buy into the faith that you and I call Christianity. I want that faith to be in the DNA of their soul. And I want that DNA to be so shaped around a worldview that is thoroughly biblical that I can't put a price on that. I mean, we have to put a price on it, but what price would you give for a son or a daughter that you've spent hundreds of hours praying for and thousands of dollars putting in a Christian high school only to have all of that undone by a very persuasive teacher teaching English or teaching science and all of a sudden all of that faith is undone at a very critical moment in life. The most critical moment in the life of a young person is, is that time after high school where they are forming up their faith for themselves. Will they have a faith that will be able to stand against a professor who is very engaging, very convincing, saying to them that this Bible is really just a human book and that Jesus really is a nice idea and that human sexuality is really something that, that's really a matter of your own choice. And, and so as I look at it, Pastor, the greatest danger to a parent, the greatest danger to another generation of faithful believers is not the sex and the booze and the alcohol and the loose living that you find at many of the state universities. It's the worldview that is so antithetical to everything that we believe. And the unintended consequences, I think, that are coming our way as a body of Christ, as a church, where for the last 20 years we've, we've sort of just opened the floodgates and let our young people go to, to, to be educated by people who are diametrically opposed to our faith because it's cheaper, hmm. has had an effect on the church. I mean, think about our churches and think about where our churches are. I mean, I, I just was reading about a very large, very well-known evangelical church back on the mainland where the pastor— is actually making comments about the virgin birth not being a necessary component for the belief system of genuine Christians or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And these are not these are not minor matters. No. And, and 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 all of a sudden our young people are sitting in a church like that because that would be oh. that would be known as an evangelical church right. that that most people on the mainland would go now if you want to know what Christianity is all about this is a guy who can give you a wonderful presentation of Christianity, and all of a sudden, out of blue, come statements like this. And we have young people who have been, been educated in secular contexts who sit in a church like that and basically go, well, you know, that's different than what I heard, but, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to that. And who am I to judge that? And who am I to judge that? So I'm going to come back and say that's why a school like Bob Jones University, and you mentioned there are others out there. I'm so thankful that there are Christian universities and Christian colleges like Bob Jones University, Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa, Pensacola Christian College, West Coast. I mean, there are numbers of schools like this. We're not all the same. Sure. We, we may see it a little differently, but as a whole, presenting a Christian worldview and giving a parent a viable alternative so that their grandkids will believe in the virgin birth. Mm. Their grandkids will believe in the resurrection. This isn't about, will they listen to the same music that we listen to? Sure. Will, will they wear the same kind of clothes? It's, will they actually believe the same faith that we believe and that the Scripture teaches? So that's why I'm passionate about this. Yeah, and, and, and therefore, let me finish the third and last question and uh, as we close— but give you an opportunity to speak 
about the ministry there of Bob Jones University. Uh, Bob Jones University had been around, you said, for 90 years. What was the intent of Bob Jones back 90 years ago? That was a whole other um, era of our country. And, and over the years moving forward, and, and it's had an illustrious career in history, um, for sure. But where is it today? You're a part of that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to give you the, the, the shot to say, okay, this is what Bob Jones University is. What is that? You know, it's interesting that history is cyclical. And, and I was just thinking about it as you talked about a 90-year history. Back in 1927, an evangelist that was passionate about the gospel and passionate for young people and passionate for, for biblical values in a world that was going amok decided to start a college to help parents rescue their children that were making shipwreck at the state schools that that were teaching them to deny the virgin birth, to deny the resurrection, and basically turning the way from from their faith at all, buying into the evolution uh, and, and the thinking that goes with that in every area of life. And so here we are 90 years later, and Bob Jones University is still doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's not doing it barely, it's doing it with a passion. It's interesting to me that every one of our science faculty, we have a phenomenal science faculty, uh, but every one of our, our PhDs is, is a, a firm believer in Genesis 1 through 11 and a literal account of those verses in Genesis 1 that talk about the creation. Now, that's a very unusual thing, and, and to have all of that at a place like Bob Jones University 90 years after its founding is amazing. So when I think of Bob Jones University, I think of a university that, that historically has stood for the principles of Christianity as they've been laid out in the scriptures, and, and, and not just bringing those principles to bear in the life of a young person, but preparing that young person to take those principles to the highest levels in every area of life. So Bob Jones University doesn't just train pastors. We love training pastors, and we want to train more pastors. But we also train men and women who go out into the nursing world, the doctor world, the the medical community, uh, the educational community. Over 90 years, we have sent thousands of men and women. We have over 40,000 living alumni that are around the world, many, many, many of them, the bulk of them serving Christ in some way. And that mission continues today. And of course, there's a new president, Dr. Steve Pettit. You know who he is. And uh, and uh, we work together, the three of us. And he's now the president of Bob Jones University, very committed to that mission, very committed to, to challenging the potential of a young person, working that young person to develop character in that young person, building the faith of that young person, and causing that young person to pursue Christ. And at the end of the day, when we graduate, hundreds of young people at the end of every year and they walk across the stage, we are, are, we are so blessed to be in the ministry of preparing an army of young people to go out and serve Christ all over the world, some of them even here in this ministry. So Marty, thanks for the privilege of being with you today and thanks for the opportunity to share a little bit about Bob Jones University. Those that are listening may want to check out the ministry of Bob Jones University on our website, www.bju.edu. And uh, you can catch us there and and, uh, find out what God is doing. Well, thank you very much for listening to Harvest Time today here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. We'd invite you to join us this Sunday morning at Harvest Baptist Church 
as we meet together at 9.30 a.m. for children's programs and adult Bible fellowships. And then, of course, our regular morning worship service, 10.30 a.m. this Sunday morning at Harvest Baptist Church. Everyone is invited. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.